This is the weekly sales meeting for May 14th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic, sell strength or accept weakness. This is the struggle for most sales encounters. It is a power struggle. It starts with us versus them. If you are the seller, we talk about acquiring the customer. There is nothing collaborative about that statement. It sets up an unbalanced relationship. It is impersonal. It is almost programmatic or robotic. It seems devoid of human contact and interaction, as if it were hatched in a place without people, created in the magical world of spreadsheet Olympics. This is where customers don't have names but numbers or dollar figures attached to them. Outside sales is a play of human interaction. Some may want to automate it, but the best sellers interact face-to-face with all walks of life. And the most successful are able to level the playing field so both parties are equal players. They are able to tap into the strength of their personality, marry it with the benefits of their product, and work on solving a customer problem from the beginning. In outside sales, some have to prospect for their own new business. Because of this, there is no clear declaration from the business community of who needs to buy something. This is different from those who work in retail. In retail, the lines are established. The balance of power is declared at the beginning. When someone shows up at the car dealership, their intention is to buy a car. At least they are in some stage of the purchasing funnel. The balance of power is established by the territory. The customer went to a place of business. This declares both need and intent. In outside sales, to be more specific, media sales, there is rarely that declaration. In fact, the opposite may be true. When you go to someone's place of business on a prospecting call, they may tell you, no thanks, not interested. They will do this more times than they will say, I am so happy you came in today. We were thinking about calling you, which happens at the speed of never. When you show up unannounced and unwanted at a business, it makes a different statement. This psychological difference puts us in a subservient role. It could be the thought that we have to ask a permission-based question, or it could be we don't think we have earned our place at the table. Either way, this psychological disadvantage is self-created, and we should knock it off. This is your job, your profession. You are a professional seller. Act like it. Take your seat at the table. Be qualified to sit there and hold your own. Don't accept the lesser role in the conversation. Switch from playing defense to playing offense. Earn the right to be there and then hold that position through the customer relationship. Stop treating yourself to less than you are worth. Easier said than done, right? Tap into that self-confidence buried somewhere in your inner self. Realize that you are successful, have been successful, and will be successful again. Quiet the naysaying inner voice that is out to sabotage you. Don't let anyone rob you of your equality. Stay on the same level as your customers and prospects. What prevents us from being on the same level as our customers? Is it the fact that we are asking for money? We look a lot like a character from Charles Dickens' Oliver Twist. We are holding out our hands saying, please, sir, I want some more. It is akin to begging. Our belief is we don't have anything of value to offer. We are more concerned with making a sale than solving a problem. When that happens, we are on the downhill end of the transaction. We don't have any leverage. We lack substance. When we start with the premise of solving a problem, we hold a lot more cards. The playing field has a lot more balance to it, and we can act in concert with our customers. We aren't begging, we are consulting. But when we show up with the offer du jour, we aren't solving a problem. We are trying to make 
make a sale by any means necessary. It is, in many ways, how salespeople get a bad rap. Someone in some office cooked up an offer that benefits the operation, but forgot to think about the customer and how it impacts them. The triangle is unbalanced. The win is for the company, not the customer. Do this enough and you will find yourself as a seller in a subservient position, as if we have accepted our inferiority. We resigned ourselves to the volume sales business. Then it is a numbers game and you are playing the percentages. If that is the business model you want, have at it. But don't ask for my help. You don't need it. You need to see enough people to match your conversion rates. If it takes you 10 asks to sell one, then you need to ask 100 people to get your quota of 10. But don't be surprised if the timing and opportunity don't line up for everyone. With this method, you are going to be treated like everyone else or even worse. You have commoditized yourself by acting like everyone else. This is how most sales professionals behave. They work on call volume and don't develop customer relationships. Future survival is dependent on deeper customer relationships. They are not developed with the package of the week. There is a difference between the person selling hamburgers and outside sellers. The person selling hamburgers is reliant upon walk-ins. Their opportunity to sell is determined by the volume of entry to the building. In outside sales, the governor of success is whom we decide to call on and why. We are in control of where we go, whom we see, and what the opportunities are. We can take advantage of the freedom and select the future customers of our world. Or we can try to be the volume dealer, develop zero relationships, and try to make our goal on sheer capacity, but we will eventually run out of time, offers, and prospects. Instead, develop long-term relationships based on discovering customer problems, then providing plausible business solutions. This is the pathway to repeat business and referrals. The other is the pathway to commoditization and extinction. Warren Buffett's investment strategy is to buy companies that sell must-haves. These are product categories like banking, insurance, home improvement, and construction. These touch so many people at the end of the day. They are must-haves for a large swath of the population, consumed at a rate that creates a return on his investment. How can we position ourselves as a must-have? By having a roadmap to success for each client, showing them a pathway to use the product and realize their end goal by positioning the product as a problem solver and not another expense line. Is it a must-have or can't live without option? People make decisions based on two criteria, fear of loss and hope of gain. What we find is the hope of gain exists in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, and Monte Carlo, while fear of loss is more commonplace as a decision driver. Getting the loss on the table helps solidify your place as an equal. It pushes you closer to a partnering agreement with your best prospects. Positioning your product or offer as a must-have takes some advanced skill. I promise you no one woke up this morning thinking about how much of your product they were going to buy from you today. Positioning yourself as a must-have in a buffet of menu choices means it has to stand out. It has to have a function beyond the expense. It needs to solve a problem or create a chance to win. And it needs to be framed in terms of the opportunity cost of not acting. What I will do is create a numeric value of how much gets left on the table every week by not acting. It creates urgency and that fear of loss scenario we mentioned earlier. This
this is the strength of my product offer, what we can deliver, and what is missed by not accessing it. This puts our seat at the table on an equal playing field with our conversation partner. We are not in a subservient role, but representing one of great value. What we are selling is access. The access is to the purchasing power of the audience block, no matter how big or how small. There is strength in the number. Qualifying your economic power puts you in a much stronger position. Most businesses, especially retail, focus on three economic drivers. There is revenue, inventory control, and gross profit. When you can articulate what you represent as a revenue generator, inventory mover, or profit center, you have gained a level up in the game of selling. This is the strength of sales. You have framed your offer in terms the customer can understand. This is how they think. When you relate on their level and their terms, you are tapping into your strength. When you don't know your own value and how that value translates to your customer, this is a huge weakness. When the value is assigned to you by someone else, it is not valued at all. The customer is not going to automatically make the leap. You need to draw the roadmap and connect the dots. You need to show the pathway to the best use of your product. This is harnessing strength, or you can leave it to the customer's devices, which is accepting weakness. It is not like we are selling food, but in a way, we are. We should treat it as such. It is fuel for that business. Food would be easier. Three times a day, most people need to eat. But when we are selling a product not deemed a necessity, we have to create the need to eat. In order for the food to look appetizing, it would need to be positioned as a must-have. This starts by leading with our strength. That muscle is us. It starts with the seller. It starts by establishing ourselves as the expert, the consultant, not the commodity seller. If we were selling insurance, we would want to do a policy review and look for gaps in coverage or holes in strategy. If we were selling home improvement products, we would do an inspection and look for aged, worn, or rotten areas for replacement. If we are selling advertising solutions, do proper discovery. Look for problems we can solve. Identify these and get them on the table. This will place you on the same level as your prospect. This will establish your strength as an individual and sweep you out of the herd of mediocrity trap. This is where most sellers fall. We get treated the same, which leads us to this feeling of inferiority. This subservience in sales calls results in no sale. But when we accept our role as experts, we exhibit strength. People buy from strength. They want to be on the winning team. If we accept weakness, we will be quickly cast aside. And we are back to a starring role in a Charles Dickens classic, saying, please, sir, I want some more. Instead of presenting our wares as the must-have by creating an opportunity or solving a problem. My book, Yes, I'm a Salesman, You Can Be Too, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order.